unpredictability. The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. into the end zone, touchdown, Devin Funches. And the crowd here at Michigan Stadium loving it. Oh, Finally, the fruits movie. of their labor paying off, absolutely getting a goal. Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show. Obviously, uh, all sorts of gong show activity is continuing. Uh, Perhaps it would be uh, advisable or appropriate to maybe uh, make a comment or two about Mike Illich. We didn't have a chance to talk about Mike a couple weeks ago. Mr. Mike, uh, Mr. Mike Illich passed away, longtime owner of the Detroit Red Wings. Really kind of a great guy who uh, was an immigrant, believe it or not. Well, uh, and he, uh, you know, bought the Tigers, uh, spent his own money, one of the better sports owners in, uh, I think, uh, recent uh, history. Didn't rely on taxpayers to pay for everything. Though certainly the taxpayers have paid a little bit here and there. Uh, The Detroit Red Wings appear not to be making the playoffs this year for the first time in more than two decades. They have the longest active professional consecutive playoff Mm -hmm. sports streak going right now. But you never know. They're not out of it, but uh, well, and and uh, although Detroit certainly uh, stumbled and fell, uh, Illich never gave up on Detroit. Uh, he invested in the downtown area when yeah. others were fleeing, and at the end of the day, this is really uh, you know human beings are fallible creatures, uh, weaknesses abound, uh, but this is what a super rich guy is supposed to be like. Yes. He's supposed to uh, give something back to the community. Uh, he's supposed to develop his area. And, uh, you know, you, you'd have to go, you'd have to dig pretty deep to find somebody who had uh, nasty things to say about Mike Illich. Yeah, um, and he did another uh, very uh, magnanimous thing uh, to Rosa Parks. Uh, paid her rent for uh, 10 years or so. After she got mugged um, in Detroit. Uh, basically some moron, a complete idiot. Obviously didn't know who she was. Uh, paid her rent. So he did things like that. Oh, and um, he didn't brag about that either. If uh, some other uh, well-to-do gentleman, uh, whom we need not name, had done something uh, charitable like that, they would have been boasting and blaring about it from uh, you know to, to any listener. Uh, but this was not really widely known uh, until he passed. Well, it's interesting, too, that he bought uh, the uh, Detroit Tigers, uh, his other professional franchise in Detroit, rebuilt uh, the stadium. I'm not a big fan of Comerica Park as opposed to good old Tiger Stadium, but I'm a baseball fan. And I do understand the concept of developing the Woodward area, making that Woodward strip from Hart Plaza all the way up to the new center area, um, a viable 
um, entertainment activity for all sorts of people. The Fox Theater, not a big fan of the style of Comerica Park. I wish they had built it more like Tiger Stadium, which was a wonderful place to see a baseball game. Comerica's a fine place to see a game. I don't have the comparison uh, to make, having never been to Tiger Stadium, but I've seen concerts at Comerica Park as well, and it's, it's a lovely venue for that. Uh, of course, the Fox Theater itself uh, is is worthy of mention because there are a precious few of those kinds of buildings left. And if you were going to rock and roll concerts in the uh, early to mid-80s in Detroit, and you remember what the Fox Theater was like, it was practically done. Yeah. It was in very bad shape. And I've seen a few shows there. Uh, it's a fabulous I think uh, the last venue. show I saw them might have been the Pixies. Well, uh, Mars and I saw Brian Ferry there last fall, and it was a perfect venue for uh, an artist like that, and uh, just a spectacular room. I think it's the most beautiful building uh, inside uh, that I've ever seen in North America. It is awesome. Seats are nice and cushy. Uh, Pay the extra money sometime in your life. Just treat yourself to go down there. And, of course, he bought the uh, Detroit Tigers off. Another local pizza magnate whose name we won't mention, but that man was a chump. Uh, he, of course, gave money covertly to Oliver North. And also fired Ernie Harwell, among other things. <laughs> and there was a big uh, brouhaha about uh, Bo Schembechler actually being right. involved in the firing of Ernie Harwell. Ernie Harwell was a good old guy who a just broadcasting was legend in the Hall of Fame, and he was... Part of the Save Tiger Stadium uh, non-profit entity that uh, did want to see Tiger Stadium saved. Tiger Stadium, by the way, is over uh, was over at Michigan and Trumbull, uh, which uh, Ernie Harwell would always remind you of when he did a game <laughs> uh, down near the uh, PJ Lager uh, uh, venue. Uh, that plays alternative rock here in the Detroit area. So check out the P.J. Lager House. Uh, and, of course, P.J. Uh, Ryder himself is an old CBN alum, a great old dude. Yep. But as you know, Detroit sort of rounds a bit of a corner and uh, noticeable and significant changes. Uh, more and more people are moving there. Uh much of the credit, not all of the credit, certainly, but a lot of credit uh, can be laid at Mike Illich's doorstep uh, for having stayed and having been committed yeah. to Detroit. And, you know, obviously some people will critique him a little bit for being elitist, whatever. I don't think he was like that, really. Um, I think that he was committed uh, to uh, Detroit and the Detroit area and... He gets the ball rolling on how Detroit yeah. is is going to eventually make a comeback. Um, it can make a comeback when you get a uh, wide mix of uh, communities, quote-unquote, living in a city, living in an urban environment. And, of course, the mayor of Detroit, Mr. Duggan, um, has done some very good things for Detroit. I lived in downtown Detroit for three years in the early 90s. Used to walk down Trumbull with a beer in the right hand. (laughs) No problem. On my way to Tiger Stadium, I lived about six blocks away. 
And one year I even made a commitment to uh, see every single American League team, which I managed to do. But it was rather remarkable sitting in the bleachers for $4. Unfortunately, those days are over. Yeah. Um, so, Mike Illich, a great Michigander, great uh, Detroiter, and um, I just, you know, the new uh, Red Wing venue is is in that entertainment yep. area. So uh, we definitely appreciate what Mike Illich did for the community, for the city of Detroit, and for the state of Michigan. I think he uh, kept his values uh, throughout his entire life. Never forgot who he was. Uh, was generous with players, too. Uh, all kinds of great stories about his generosity with players, uh, giving them gifts and uh, just being a good old uh, dad, so to speak. Yeah, he uh, had the family touch. Of course, uh, our usual uh, subject material down here on Gray Matters is the world of economics, politics, history, etc., culture. Uh, kind of a remarkable week. I th- I think that uh, in some ways Donald Trump is running out of gas. <laughs> remarkably silent today. I was surprised he didn't jump all over that wardrobe malfunction at the Hollywood uh, Oscars. But then he's eating crow. He's been talking about fake news, the fake media. He goes out and he even has a special denunciation denunciation of them at the CPAC convention. And, oh, my goodness, looky here. Have you seen what's happened in Sweden with Fox News and Sweden, Sweden, Sweden? You know, he got exposed on that a week ago. Now, of course, it turns out that Fox News actually perpetrated some genuine fake news. This is, I mean, this is such a remarkable This story phenomenon. is incredible. It's not surprising, sadly, but it is flabbergasting. I mean, you could in- entitle this little segment of the show, How Faking Fakers Fake Fake News. Right. Because go ahead and tell them what happened here. Yeah, basically, uh, there's a character named... Uh, Niels Bilt, uh, who changed his name. Apparently he was born uh, Niels Tolling. He's some sort of a right-wing kookaburra tree. And uh, he's been appearing on Fox News denouncing... uh, As a self-designated Swedish security expert. Yeah. Sweden, of course, has... uh disavowed all connections uh we've never heard of this guy he has no connection to the anything official who are those guys that's a famous line from butch cassidy and the sundance kid <laughs> well it turns out that neil's tolling aka neil's build built and there is of course a famous former prime minister called carl built um so I guess he got the fakery a little on the on the on the mark there. It's funny that he's the son of the Swedish Equestrian Federation, um, and he had a registered biz- business called Modest World West. He also has a number of uh, in Montana. He's been charged with public drunkenness, obstruction of justice, uh, felony assault of uh, of an officer, which means he's. Eligible for Trump's cabinet. 
case any more of these military guys drop out. This is uh, um, a guest who was presenting his expert uh, information on the O'Reilly factor. Right. And so now, in addition to his uh, lengthy list of no doubt ghost-written books in the O'Reilly Killing series, Killing Kennedy, Killing Lincoln, Killing Jesus, Killing Reagan, who of course was not killed, uh, now O'Reilly can have a new book, Killing the Last Shreds of Journalistic Integrity. Well, they've always been on the marginal side of journalistic integrity, but it is interesting that it's beginning to emerge more and more that this was the guy that Trump saw giving, you know, uh, false information that gave him the enraged, oh, well, Sweden's got a problem, too. Precisely. And, of course, that was on Tucker Carlson's show, apparently. Uh, so who this guy uh, has been steamrolling? We don't know. Uh, his name is Niels Tolling. Um, but uh, there, there, there's something amusing about this. Trump obviously is uh, eating old crow at this point. Not saying much. Whole thing uh, doesn't look good. Uh, of course, he uh, denounced the, quote, fake news at CPAC on Friday. And then Sean Spicer, um, not to be confused with Melissa McCarthy, <laughs> Uh, had a press briefing in which he banned about half the mainstream media, which is even more strange. So, uh, you know, Trump is off to this kind of... Uh, he reminds me a little bit of one of those characters in the uh, Twit Olympics. He's running around, <laughs> collapsing in the in the 110-meter high hurdles. He's... <laughs> He's in the ground. He's he's all over the place. He can't. Oh no! He's run himself over. <laughs> can't, he can't get up. He's so busy trying to undo Obama that he's undoing himself. He seems to be de continuing to decline in the polls. Um, and of course, he's now become obsessed with leaks, much the way Richard Nixon became obsessed with them. But then uh, Richard Nixon knew how the leaky game was worked. Well, and so works. does so does Trump. Quite frankly, yeah. he uh, leaked a number of them himself. In fact, uh, if anyone needed reminding, some stories uh, with some uh, you know background details uh, came out last week, uh, reminding people that oh yeah, routinely uh, back in the uh, '90s, Trump used to misrepresent himself over the phone and pretend to be. He made up this guy that was his press agent, and he would all oh, disguise his voice and like, oh hey, Trump's going to say this and Trump's going to do this, and mm -hmm. so uh, this is off the record, uh, leaking himself under a fictitious name of this like non-existing person, particularly to tabloid journalism, yes. journalists, and of course uh, Fox News is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, of course, keeps trying to create this impression in the American public that he's not really friends with Trump, that there's a, a rivalry there of some sort. Um, I'm skeptical of it. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, of course, has done... Uh, well, I guess there's only one way to describe it. We'll use one of Donald Trump's favorite words, carnage. <laughs> It's called media carnage. It's the media carnage in Great Britain. It's the media carnage in, in the United States of America. Um, he, of course, owns numerous newspapers in London. 
And just for the record, you know, Trump has been uh, ballyhooing the Brexit uh, movement, uh, which, of course, narrowly passed. David Cameron was a fool forever getting involved in and even proposing a referendum since there is no referendum in the British form of government. But let's remember that in, in Great Britain, about 20 percent of the people live in the London area. It dominates the entire city. Uh, oh, these many months after Brexit has been passed, Article 50 has still yet to be invoked. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Supreme Court in Great Britain, its equivalency ruled that Parliament has to vote on this, which they have finally. But the foot dragging continues. <laughs> they uh, are not as eager. I think the people in the know are not quite as eager to leave the, the, the EU as uh, these these voters. And, of course, the referendum itself showed that Londoners were overwhelmingly in favor of remaining in the EU. Uh, Theresa May, bless her heart, opposed the... Uh, uh, Brexit movement, but uh, feels obligated with that stiff British upper One lip. must do one's duty. It's duty. It's duty. Honor. And, of course, you know, there's been a lot of <laughs> revival of Winston Churchill uh, in recent months. I think that Trump replaced uh, Martin Luther King's statue with Winston Churchill. Uh, Churchill, of course, uh, a certainly a controversial historical figure. If you look at him objectively, indeed, a brilliant war leader for several years. But as a war strategist, uh, he left a little bit to be desired throughout his career. And he was an imperialist. <laughs> Let's not forget. No, this. no questions about that. But uh, a really. Um, major figure of the 20th century. But I've always been a little suspicious of the uh, American reverence for for Churchill. Uh, You hear a lot of American politicians invoke Churchill uh, at all sorts of turns of events around the globe. Let's remember that one of his most famous uh, contributions to the 20th century was his Fulton speech in, in Missouri. Delivered in 1946, in which he famously said that uh, from Stettian in the Baltic to Trieste in the Adriatic, we have an Iron Curtain. Uh, Well, there really wasn't an Iron Curtain in 1946. Um, The Cold War had a lot of mythology connected to it. And it's fascinating that in today's New York Times, by the way, there's an article about this phrase that Trump has been using. Enemy of the people. Enemy of the people. Uh, I highly recommend reading that article. It, of course, originated in the French Revolution, apparently. Uh, As I mentioned last week, it's a play by Henrik Ibsen. And Trump has been using it repeatedly now. Uh, to which, denounce the media. Which he calls the press the enemy of the people. Uh, of course, shifting blame away from himself. And this, of course, is is, is a famous uh, sports tactic. Uh, it's called playing the refs. Mm. In other words, when the media starts and continues to come out with negative news coverage of Trump, which it will continue to do so, because Trump is such an, a moron and uh, has so many 
skeletons in the closet that are still uh, shambling. Really just a matter of time to which one will fall out first. Yeah, there's uh, they're still shambling and rambling around in that closet. Um, and the labyrinth of lies of of Trump are are just uh, astounding. Um, and he's giving a State of the Union tomorrow. Well, I'm sure that he'll be majestic enough for the occasion, but uh, look for a lot of lies in the State of the Union tomorrow. Donald Trump did not inherit a mess. He's created a mess. And it's interesting, by the way, that there apparently will be some sort of, there's an ongoing FBI investigation into the Trump campaign connections to Russia and the Ukraine. But it's interesting that apparently there's going to be a little bit of an investigation into what went on in Yemen (laughs) with this hastily planned raid that Trump uh, was hoping would turn into a a victory. Let's remember that one of Trump's premises as president is we, quote, don't win anymore. Well, and their consistent uh, plaint that Obama's done nothing against ISIS. Obama's done nothing against ISIS when, in fact, there were... A number of attacks, sure. uh, repeated number of attacks. And Mosul, of course, is under uh, siege right now. The uh, the uh, eastern part of Mosul has already fallen to the Iraqi, uh, well, the, the, they will never be confused with, with the German army or the Russian army. They, they're more like Mussolini and the Italian army, but... They have actually taken eastern Mosul, and western Mosul is next. Uh, It will happen eventually, and it will probably involve hundreds of thousands of displaced people and uh, death. And if Donald Trump had any any understanding of the actual refugee problem, uh, which is another uh, hairball that's rolling around in the desert somewhere that Trump is still trying to retrieve— uh, with a new executive order about a travel ban, quote-unquote, uh, we begin to wonder about what Trump is actually up to. Today's leaked story, of course, is that tomorrow he's going to ask for a 10% increase in defense spending, claiming that our forces are depleted, that the military is a disaster, and that we have more missions to look forward to, well, led by Donald Trump. That part is the scary part, yeah. uh, because anybody who follows these things uh, and has done so for a while knows that the United States spends more on military matters than the rest of the world combined. Pretty much. And has done so for decades now. And, of course, the wreckage in the Middle East is is directly at the feet of America, Uh Obama's legacy is quite clear on this. Uh, When he became president, there were between 180,000 and 190,000 troops in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he has withdrawn them. But a new uh, leaked report yet again today claims that Trump is planning on doubling our military presence in Syria. So while uh, Obama was... Drawing us down, anyway, in both Iraq and Afghanistan, which, of course, are continuing. um, I don't even they're not even mopping up operations anymore. They're just sort of 
continuing brush fires that are never going to go out. Well, and any further involvement in Syria is a it's there's no way it can be anything but a losing proposition because who are we supporting? Why are we supporting them? We risk uh, upsetting uh, the alliance with Turkey over uh, supporting uh, the Syrian militia that we are currently supporting. And, of course, even ISIS is the remnants of the uh, Sunni um, al-Zarqawi network mm-hmm. from Iraq. I mean, this this whole thing is, is, is an outgrowth of the Bush administration failure. It's complete failure to understand the consequences of overthrowing Saddam Hussein, who, of course, was an odious person, to say the least. But the United States never had enough troops to occupy Iraq. Uh, the blunders early on in the occupation are, are well-known, well-established, you know, dissolving the Iraqi military, um, not providing enough security and or electricity and or sewage, uh, bombing their infrastructure to begin with. Mm-hmm. What did that have to do with overthrowing Saddam Hussein? Uh, we don't know. And uh, what is more troubling about Donald Trump is that he seems to view war as a, as a sporting event. That there are wins and losses involved. Uh, he doesn't want to evaluate the losses, but he lost in Yemen. Uh, the United States sent in some commandos. There's a dead um, special forces person. It's uh, my understanding that the father of this uh, individual refused to meet Donald correct. Trump because he's outraged. And is calling for an investigation. Calling for an investigation. Civilians, including children, were killed. Yeah, and they had to destroy a uh, $75 million uh, piece of equipment. Will Republicans investigate this uh, to the extent and degree that Benghazi was uh, raked over the coals? I doubt it, and I you can count on the fact that they won't. But I would like to point out that the $75 million just in the aircraft, car- or a- aircraft uh, alone is half of what the NEA spends. And we're going to have a, a, a three-month debate about the NEA upcoming. Donald Trump, of course, is claiming that this $54 billion increase in defense spending, as he put it, and I'm not, uh, these aren't his exact words, but he basically said, we will be able to um, balance this, the budget offset agreement that is applicable here, uh, which is ultimately going to doom some of Trump's uh, grandiose ideas, um, I would propose, rather than building a monument to Trump, that somebody just simply go out and photograph an enormous landfill of garbage. Call it the Pog Monument, the piles of garbage, the Trump Monument, because that's what it will be. And this idea that he's going to find budget offsets in the area of, quote, waste, fraud, and abuse, the famous three-headed monster that Republicans invoke all the time when they talk about their fiscal conservatism. Yeah, right. Uh, This doesn't even include the tax cuts for the wealthy. And, uh, ah, yes, the infrastructure. (laughs) Hmm, Yeah, what about that? Not in the cards, although Paul Ryan did go down to uh, investigate a stretch of where the wall might go um, very quietly and, uh, you know, under a little bit of secrecy last week. Um, Was he disguised as as a Mexican? (laughs) Wearing a sombrero. A poncho and a sombrero and one of those big fake mustaches. Are there any Mexicans in the crowd? Paulo Ryano. Yes. 
Um, Pancho Sanchez. And, of course, there are stretches where no wall can physically be built because there's water there and stuff. So, And, of course, by the way, there's there's already a 700-mile yeah. wall. Yeah. Trump apparently is unaware of this. But <laughs> uh, if he wants to start building the wall, by the way, it, it, he better start looking in Texas because that's where there ain't no wall. Well, one of the few, uh, they're, they're saying that, you know, oh, we're answering a lot of our promises and we're getting right to work on it. And one of them is, of course, the the Muslim ban. Uh, and I don't know if you heard about the fact that uh, the widow and son of Muhammad Ali were detained at the airport on their way back from uh, a cultural uh, heard about the sun. Yes. Events uh, festivity in Jamaica, Black History Month celebration in Jamaica. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali's son. Muhammad Ali Jr. and his mother were uh, detained, separated. She was able to show them a picture. Look, this is me with my husband, Muhammad Ali. You've heard of him, surely. And, One of the uh, most oh, photographed men of the 20th century. That's right. But needless uh, to say, this person was probably a, a Twitterer on fake Facebook and had never heard of him. Right. Well, You're not my friend. Ali Jr. Uh, did not have a picture of himself <laughs> oh, with his dad, gracious. so he had to answer a series of questions about wh- how did you come to your religion and you know where did you study? And uh, basically, uh, representatives for the family have said that uh, based on the way they were treated, they can come up with no other rational explanation for why they were treated this way, being American citizens uh, by birth. Uh, except they fell into a profiling program. Oh, here's a dark-tinted gentleman with an Islamic name. Got to be suspect. Got to be suspect and typical of Trump's incompetence that is so rampant, it's it's almost hard to figure out where it, where it begins and wh- or when it's ever going to end, because I don't think it's going to. Trump, uh, the businessman. Well, the um, <laughs> other, really, as we're rapidly running out of time uh, yeah, here, we are I, out of time. I really have to quickly throw this one in there. Uh, the moment this happened, I had a giggle, and I suspected, oh, this looks like a really good prank. Uh, at the beginning of the CPAC convention, when the uh, flags uh, with uh, the word Trump in gold letters printed over a Russian flag, little flags were handed out to people on their way in. Uh, and were waving them. At one point, they were confiscated by the CPAC organizers uh, because they they were showing up on camera. And uh, I thought, boy, you know, that sounds like a really good prank. I I wonder if they were pranked or if somebody just actually didn't know. It turns out it was a prank. A couple of uh, enterprising young uh, activists decided to see how many CPAC uh, attendees could actually identify a Russian flag. Well, there you the have it. The answer was... Not very many. Zero. <laughs> Even though... They passed out about a 1,000 of them. Putin's approval rating amongst uh, CPAC uh, attendees is skyrocketing. We are out of time here on Gray Matters. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling. Coming up next right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to the uh, DJ who cannot be named for engineering this evening. Stay tuned. 
They showed pictures Child of the Child home safely. Tap your heels together three times. It's just a click away. There's no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travels. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 